I just chose a title and I was saying, please write return to the returning to the web of life and in knowing where we belong. Because I think, you know, that this is really important in these times of so much uncertainty. And the guided meditation I gave earlier on today, I think we all had a direct experience of that uh, sense of belonging, really, through the experience of gravity. Because if we wouldn't belong to this planet, there wouldn't be a sense of gravity, I think. So there's a very clear, you know, embodied, direct experience of we belong together with this planet because we have, we share this earth element and also all the other elements, but we're just, you know, checking in with earth element this time. And I think that should really help us to get our priorities clear. And, you know, knowing that direct experience is a precursor to insight and understood experience is wisdom. So, you know, if we really know by direct experience that we belong here, ideally that would translate into taking care of this, what we belong to, which means, you know, taking care of our bodies and taking care of our greater body, which is like this planet, really. So I think that's our insight, you know, which many, many beings on this planet do not have, at least you know, so-called homo sapiens. Many, many of us don't know. They just think this is just like a storehouse for taking what we like and throwing back what we don't like. Not understanding that's actually us. We are treating like that, ourselves. And I brought uh, two quotes to share with you uh, by two very well-known Buddhist teachers, the first one being my own first teacher, Ajahn Buddha Dasa. And he says, the entire cosmos is a cooperative. When we realize that the world is a mutual, interdependent, cooperative enterprise, then we can build a noble environment. If our lives are not based on this truth, then we shall perish. And I think we're getting more and more signs of this, then we shall perish. And Thich Nhat Hanh, who is also known to many of you, I guess, he says we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. So, you know, the reason for our incarnation as human beings, is to break out of that illusion of separateness and to really understand that truth of emptiness, that earth element and all the other elements are empty of a self. They're just earth element. They don't belong to me or they don't belong to you. It is just earth element. arising and ceasing and constantly in movement, constant change, like a river. So 
sondern as we all know, since this pandemic, you know, came upon us last year, we were forced, in you know, very quickly to undergo a lot of changes and to adapt because of the situation. And, and we have been able to do this. We have been adapting. We have been uh, adjusting. You know, we have made great strides in terms of uh, coming up with vaccinations and strategies, you know, how we can uh, continue to, you know, to live. And with could this capacity, you know, for adaptation and for change, if we would use that force, that power, you know, for going in the right direction, it would really live more according to what we have seen in the meditation. Integrating the fact, you know, that we are indeed not separate from each other, from the environment, from the planet, from the cosmos, that we are just part of all of this. If we could really use our power for adaptation, for to adapt in that way, that would be such a great thing, you know, that would just be so much what we are supposed to do right now, you know, where it feels like the whole evolutionary momentum is going in this direction, you know, that we understand ourselves increasingly as global society, you know, as a global species which needs to work together, not only with our own species, but with all species, because we depend for our survival on all other species. And we have, through our capacity, you know, for developing technologies, we have come into a position of dominating in ways which are, you know, starting to turn against ourselves. And so many things, you know, are happening and all is telling us that we need to look inside, you know, that we really need to look deeply inside what we are doing. There are so many outer occurrences like climate change and the pandemic, the whole issue about racism, all of those things, and they're all kind of shouting in our face, you know, telling us, wake up, wake up from this dream of separation. And uh, it's as if the life force itself, you know, is speaking to us through these expressions of dissonance and fragmentation, you know, like shaking us really and, and telling us to look more deeply into our lives because everything we need for waking up is actually happening in our lives every day. We don't need any special visions or apparitions or anything. We just need to look at our lives. Just, you know, the COVID pandemic itself holds all information what we need to know. And for me, it's like a really like an organic intelligence which speaks through life to us. And we just, we need to clear our minds in order that we can hear it and understand it and I think that's what the you know is the real um, 
essence of meditation is to let go of these layers and layers of emotional and cognitive distortions so that we can hear and see what's really happening every moment. And then, you know, through that, start to make the right choices and start to... um, live in ways which are truly nourishing us and which are enhancing our lives. Not, you know, going towards increasing fragmentation and stress. And, you know, trying to patch up one thing with another thing and then patching that up again and starting to thinking about terraforming Mars and all of these crazy ideas, you know, which is such a waste of, of intelligence and, and uh, time. So I really think, you know, this, the evolutionary dictate of our times is, is uh, becoming whole, you know, whole uh, to heal. And the word holy comes also from that word whole, become whole, take in the whole picture. You know, looking at those things we don't want to see. And in Buddhist terms, you know, to become whole is simply to realize uh, emptiness, to realize not self, to speak with the early teachings. That's the essence, you know, of what needs to be understood. Because that very emptiness, you know, is is another way of speaking about that there's no internal and no external. It's all us. And, uh, you know, we have developed a lot of of strategies, you know, like contemporary society, there are so many incomplete attempts, you know, to to achieve that healing, you know, like different diets and organic food and people go to gyms and people go to therapy and people have life coaches and mindfulness movement and all of that. That's all attempts to actually heal, but they're all not complete enough. Because if you really want to heal, we, we need to put our ego on the line. And that's what is very scary, you know, for all of us, of course. So this removing this emotional and cognitive layers of delusion through clearing out and cleaning out and letting go, not through accumulating more information, so cleaning out and, you know, setting free the, our capacity for awareness and uh, letting that be our refuge. You know, that's another way of, of uh, calling uh, on the refuge of Buddha, the first of the three refuges, which is our own capacity for awareness. It's not like the historical Buddha, you know, which is an image of him behind me. 
he's the teacher, you know, he he's kind of explaining the principles of the path. But then, you know, we have to come back here. You know, the to connect with the very Buddha inside of our own hearts and minds. And, uh, you know, the meditation on the elements, which is one of the three meditations which are in the first establishment of mindfulness, the first Satipatthana. This uh, the meditation on the elements can help us to um, return back to that simplicity of knowing. And I think it's particularly a skillful meditation for these times. And uh, generally, another you know, meditation is on the elements is also suggested as an antidote for ill will and for anger. And, you know, it can help us to become real, real indigents of this planet, which we already are, but we are not aware of it. Because we tend, you know, to live on this planet like teenagers who are wrecking, you know, the parents' house while they are not at home. You know, to not being really aware of the fact that it's us, you know, who have to take care of this. There's nobody big, you know, above us who is doing it for us. We have to move away from this, you know, very childish way of, of being here. And, uh, you know, this groundedness in the body, that's how the whole practice starts, the first foundation of mindfulness, first establishment of mindfulness grounded in the body and bringing that into our whole lives. And from there, you know, everything starts to open up. The Buddha said, you know, the whole practice is in this fathom long body. So, you know, bringing mindfulness into the body. And then, you know, once there is a certain connection established and starting to um, look at different qualities and features we, we usually don't look at. And, and the whole teaching is, is like a um, toolbox, you know, which gives us different methods to investigate. Because the Buddha was absolutely convinced and knew from his own experience that we can, you know, take charge of our minds and we can start to turn our minds in skillful directions. By, by just simply, you know, letting go of old conditioning and clearing out so that we can see more clearly what's really happening and allowing life to speak to us. And meditation is the medicine, you know, for that process to start. 
to kick in. And sometimes it can be rather bitter medicine, you know, because there's lots of stuff coming up which has not been digested because it was maybe too much in the past and we weren't ready. But if we start to practice, you know, the, all of those undigested things will rear their heads. That's why we really need a firm foundation in the body in order to be able to stay steady with that. And, you know, you might have heard that in the night of the Buddha's awakening, he was calling on the earth, you know, to be his witness, that he has, uh, has done the work. And there's like a myth, you know, in, at least in a, you can see that in many Thai temples, there are murals where the earth mother, you know, she has very um, long hair. And then after the Buddha calls, you know, with the earth, earth touching mudra, calls her to be his witness, she, she kind of takes her hair and there's lots of water coming out of the hair and she washes away all obstacles for him. And often in temples, you know, they have little pools or basins where there is an earth mother in the middle with her very long hair and she is wringing out her hair and the water is flowing. And water is, is a symbol for metta, cohesion. Water element stands for cohesion. So, you know, that, that uh, if we kind of are willing to recognize, you know, that deep connection to earth and to all of the other elements, then there's, there is this sense of really being at home with all of this. The sense of, of cohesion and belonging, which can give us a lot of uh, a firm foundation in order to be able to open up to that which is difficult to recognize and difficult to allow to become conscious. And I very I like this example that is from the Vajrayana, you know, seeing this body this illusory body which we all share, you know, seeing that as a, as a riding animal which we have borrowed from the elements, a riding animal for consciousness, like which we have borrowed from the elements for a while and we can make good use of this riding animal and when the time comes, we give it back because we know it's only borrowed from the elements, only borrowed for some time. And through this element meditation, that can also become much more clear. It can help us, you know, to cultivate a sense of detachment and a sense of uh, connection at the same time. It's, it's a paradox.
because it brings home to us this uh, concept of emptiness or not-self. Which is not a nothingness, but it's a denial of a permanent entity. You know, this body is a process. And because, you know, our language has a lot of nouns in it, it's very difficult for us to stay conscious of the fact that there are actually no separate things. But our mind tends to think those ways because we are so deeply conditioned. So this practice helps us, you know, to, to um, not get lost in that delusion and to become more familiar with the fact that this is all processes within a huge process, which is another way of speaking about emptiness. Empty of a self. Empty of a unchanging core, but a constant arising and ceasing, a constant streaming like a river. And through that practice, you know, we can shift that sense of identifying with our body as being a thing shifting it and uh, letting go of these ideas, you know, which, have, which are deeply ingrained. And uh, it's a deconstruction, a letting go. It's not an accumulation of more knowledge, but it's a clearing out so that we can see more clearly because this awareness, awakened awareness is already existing here. But it's laid over with many, many layers of conditioning. And we need to take care, you know, to remove those layers one by one through inside meditation. And, you know, the Buddha's teaching is exactly made for that, you know. It's a, a prescript, prescriptive teaching which tells us not what it is, but it tells us what we can do in order to realize it for ourselves. It's like a prescription of a doctor. If we don't follow it, we won't heal. So it's about you know, following the instructions, using those tools, and then knowing it for ourselves. And to understand, experience is insight. And the accumulation of insight, you know, creates wisdom through removing wrong understandings, not through adding anything. It's all happening through removing. And then we, we start to see clearly it's a natural process. We start to see connections more and more. We start to see the conditionality much ever more clearly. And then wisdom is the result of it. And then, you know, feeling enriched through that. 
direct experience and then if we feel enriched it's much easier to let go because we can feel this connection to something much bigger than ourselves which helps us you know with letting go because there's less fear and the mind is gets much more inclined towards opening And that's, you know, what is the original meaning of the word religion. Ligare, which means to connect, and religare is to reconnect, to reconnect to something bigger than ourselves. You know, the word religion has not very good press these days, well, since a long time actually, because there's a lot of ignorance has been perpetuated through it. But if we come back to the original meaning of it, I think it's very powerful and very simple. And it's exactly what we did in that meditation and what we will do in another meditation right now is to come back to something much bigger than ourselves and to cultivate that connection. And that's, you know, to cultivate is in the Pali language bhavana and that's another word for to meditate. To practice is bhavana, is to cultivate, to get familiar with the truth of the way things truly are, that we are actually part of something much bigger than ourselves. And once that is really deeply experienced, it takes away a lot of fear because it takes away a lot of ignorance. And fear is born out of ignorance. And greed is born out of ignorance because it's also a demonstration of fear, really, and of not having enough. So it completely alters the sense of who we are. Which translates into letting go of ego. Letting go of this false sense of separation. Which produces a lot of fear and stress. So, I think now we could do uh, you know, taste that again, that uh, sense of non-separation through, I'd like to now do a guided meditation on what's called the six elements, which is, you know, first one, earth element, water element, fire element, wind element, space element, and consciousness element. That's all, you know, we can describe our experiences consisting of these six elements. So again, you know, find a posture you can sustain for about 20-25 minutes. And again, you know, becoming aware of uh, body sitting.
becoming aware of the hardness of the teeth or the fingernails. That's direct experience of earth element, hardness, the quality of hardness. And then we are just uh, scanning down from the top of the head, neck, and just being aware of hardness, earth, earth element. Both shoulders, earth element. Arms, earth element. Hands, earth element. Torso, earth element. pelvis, earth element, legs, earth element, and feet, earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally are exactly the same, the mountains and rocks. They have that same quality of hardness and structure. And this whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't, you know, take earth element in through eating for one or two months, this body will fall apart. It cannot sustain itself. It always needs to be replenished from outside itself. Then you're feeling the ground underneath, the hardness of the chair, of the cushion. It's the external earth element. And there's also cohesion here. Otherwise it would be quicksand. And that cohesion comes from the water element. Now we can scan for water element in the body, which is in the flesh, in the soft flesh, which is between the skin and the bones. It's permeated by blood and other liquids, starting at the feet, water element. You don't have to do anything, just hearing the word water element and just going there with the mind and allowing that direct experience. Legs, water element. Pelvis, water element. Torso, water element. Hands, water element. 
arms with the element. Shoulders with the element. Neck with the element. Head with the element. You probably can feel in your mouth and the eyes the wetness of water element. Fluidity, cohesion. Water element internally and water element externally. Mount the rivers and lakes and rain. It's exactly the same. This body consists 75% of water element. And if we don't drink water element for about three days, the body will start to shut down. Water element internally and water element externally, exactly the same. Water element is empty, empty of a self. And in order for the bodily functions to maintain themselves, the water element needs to have a certain temperature. If it's too cold, it freezes. If it's too hot, it evaporates. That brings us to the next element, fire element. Hotness and coldness. And we can uh, experience the fire element on the skin, where the skin meets the temperature of the room. We can scan now from the top of the head, and you might also be able to feel it in your mouth, the warmth of the mouth. Fire element, head. Neck, fire element. Shoulders, fire element. Arms, fire element. Hands, fire element. Maybe there's some warmth in the palms of the hands. Torso, fire element. Leg, uh, pelvis, fire element. Legs, fire element. And feet, fire element. Fire element internally and fire element externally. From the sun. It's exactly the same. Fire element is empty, empty of a self. And for us, you know, to maintain our life, we need a certain temperature range from about 38 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit. If it's too hot or too cold, 
we cannot sustain this body. The body shuts down. And heat and cold is nothing else but movement, which brings us to the wind element, which stands for motion, expansion and pressure. Everything is in motion in the body. Blood circulation, breath in particular is very palpable for us. So becoming aware of the wind element in the breath and the expansion of the rib cage when we're breathing in and letting go, breathing out. And if we don't breathe for three minutes, body shuts down. Constant exchange. This body entirely depends on the elements. They are all empty, empty of a self. Earth element, water element, fire element, wind element. If there's an interruption of exchange, the body will come to an end. And we'll go back to the elements. So this conditionality becomes very clear, this interdependence. And it, this meditation interrupts the belief in internal and external. The belief in separation. And then we become aware of the body occupying space. If there's no space, there is no body. There's space inside the body, the mouth, the area of the mouth, ears, Different for women, the womb, there's different space in the rib cage, space element permeates the body as well. And the body is in space, and that space doesn't end at the walls of the room, that space goes on, expands limitless throughout in all directions, above and below space. All of the planets and stars throughout this expanding universe. Just relaxing into that space with the out breath. And letting go, letting it all dissolve into space.
boundless space. And listening into that space. Listening into the silence. And allowing the mind to really open wide. And then, you know, letting go of the perception of space and of the perception of silence and coming back, you know, making a U-turn and coming back to that which knows space, that which knows the silence. That's consciousness, awareness. It's the sixth element. Awareness being conscious of itself. Like making a U-turn, turning inside, dropping the object, subject being aware of subject. We're being the knowing. Letting go of any sense of ego behind that knowing, just knowing. The temporary liberation of the mind, just knowing. Knowing as such, this is, you know, the refuge of Buddha, just knowing. And being aware of that sense of subtle joy, which is there if there's nothing to own, nothing to have, nobody to be, just knowing. That knowing which so often is lost under layers and layers of emotional and cognitive conditioning. The latent tendencies to get so easily triggered through causes and conditions. And that's a taste of when they are all settling down temporarily. And getting to know, becoming really familiar with that refuge of Buddha. 
developing a confidence, trust in that refuge being always there underneath the layers of uh, conditioning, like the clear sky under the clouds. And if we, you know, develop that confidence in that clarity and simplicity of this knowing, then next time, you know, when we are triggered, we might be able to remember this is just an impermanent arising. It will settle again. And through this practice, you know, we become more and more established in that certainty of there is the knowing. We don't need to become anything. We can know it. We can know how we feel. We can know what we think. We don't have to become it. That's the freedom of being established in that refuge which is so simple that it easily escapes us if we are not cultivating the practice of rec recognizing it. So in a two minutes or so, I'm going to ring the bell. This is a temporary liberation of the mind and when the time comes to put it down we let it go because we know we can come back to it anytime when it's the right time we can do that and then through training ourselves it becomes easier and easier and it more and more you know permeates our lives and informs us more and more and changes the way we are in the world. until in a full liberation of the mind, letting go of all 
layers of conditioning permanently. That's the goal of the practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.